Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Do, do, do. Everyone, please join me in welcoming the hero of the day, bravest gal I know, Dr. Sydney McElroy. Hooray for Sydney. Thank you, Justin. Hold on, I think I have Thank an applause you. button. Wait, hold on. I think I have an applause button. Wait, hold on. I, I got it. It's, it's around here somewhere. Hold on. I think I got an applause button. Hold on. Is that... That's a rim shot. Get that. Get nope. that. That's, <laughs> no, it's coming. That's, that's the music. Um, hold on. I got I, Toronto! I'm sorry. Hold on. Okay, I don't have it on here anymore. But, like, imagine there's applause. Thank you, Justin. Yes. Sorry, the crickets are still going. You just got to let them tire themselves out. There we go. At long last, I finally went to the dentist. Yes. yes. And he did after how long has it been? I don't want to talk about it. The okay. important thing is I've gone. It's over decade. Yes, I mentioned on the show. I mentioned on the show a while ago that it had been a long time since I'd been to the dentist. Over and decade. I I got some emails uh, from some of our dear listeners who were very concerned about me. They were con- they were emails of concern. I tried you should to make, go to the dentist. Is what they were all saying. I tried to make it a max fund drive stretch goal that if we hit twenty five thousand new and upgraded donors, city we go to the dentist. But I'd already made an appointment at that. That's point. right. Yes, because I realized that was true, uh, and I needed to take care of my teeth. So I went to the dentist. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, the experience was not bad at all, but like my my dental situation was not as bad. Sydney's a fastidious brusher. She's I am. like a DIY, you know, survivalist approach to tooth care that she's going to do because it all I, around. I never wanted to have to go to the dentist. And to be fair, I will note, and this is not a unique problem, but I think it is worth mentioning that a lot of people neglect their oral health in terms of going to the dentist regularly because they don't have dental insurance. And that was the beginning of of the problem for me after I was off of my parents insurance I didn't have dental insurance so I didn't go because I couldn't afford it for mm. a long time now obviously we've had dental insurance longer than I have by a few years yes than I have gone so I I didn't have a good excuse for a while but uh but many people in this country suffer from the fact that they don't have dental insurance and it's very expensive sometimes depending not, on what work you need. But not you. I not, mean, that wasn't your excuse. No, that wasn't my excuse recently. Uh, so I want to talk about cavities or dental caries. If you prefer. I don't. Same thing. Everybody says cavities. Uh, because I had a few and I've had some filled. I will return next month to finish the job. And Man, yes, I wish they and, could just numb my whole mouth and do it all at once. Yes, just get it over with. Friends, I did go with Sydney. To the dentist's office to provide moral support. She was very strong and brave through the entire experience. I was very proud. It's uh, it's I I do not like not knowing 
everything in these situations. I'm used to, I go to the doctor and I kind of already know what's going on and I know the deal that it was very uncomfortable Yeah, to not know. So I empathize with, with all of my patients now. Better. Anybody suggest this topic, it. Sid? Yes. Thank you, Jenny and Jillian and Joe for suggesting like this topic. I like that. That triple. Yeah, I love that. And Justin for making me Justin. go to the dentist. Uh, Jesus for creating dentistry. No. no. Nope. Maybe. No, not. And Judy Woodruff. Your dentist. Our, my dentist. Thank you, <laughs> Judy. Dr. Judy. Thank you, Judy. Uh, the history of tooth decay goes back a very long time, but it is probably not. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> well, One would assume. Probably not necessarily as, as long as you would think, because it looks like as we go back into like our pre-homo sapien ancestors and some of early humans that teeth actually did pretty well for a long time. Hmm. We don't find lots of old skulls with lots of dental decay, as you would think, right? Because right. there was no dentistry happening. But there weren't a lot of cavities. It seems like in the Neolithic period is when this changed. That was hmm. about around 10,000 years ago. We start to see this huge uptick in the number of cavities we find and in dental decay and cavities we find in these old skulls. And so a lot of people have tried to figure out, like, why? Why all of a sudden did everybody's teeth get they, so bad? They invented nerds. That and is, everybody was just wild for them. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, suggestions that farming could be the reason that we see. This is about the same time that farming started to occur. Mm -hmm. So you see these kind of hunter-gatherer societies settling down and growing grains and carbs and it's the a lot of people have tried to link it to that like is it the carbohydrate rich diet of the farming communities that led to a lot more dental decay and there's some support for that because there's a bacteria for instance streptococcus mutans which mainly eats carbohydrates sugars and will turn it into this they leave behind this acid after they eat the sugar they leave behind an acid that can eat away at your enamel mm. so if you're eating a lot more grains this bacteria is going to thrive in your mouth you're going to eat away at your enamel you're going to get more cavities but that doesn't always work. They've looked at different societies around the globe and other farming communities. It, this wasn't necessarily a one-to-one -one relationship. Mm -hmm. So partially it's the diet. There's been some other suggestions. If you look at uh, the difference in dental decay between like male skeletons and female skeletons, they find that female dental health was way worse. I wonder if, if people who <laughs> were uh, adhere very strictly to a paleo diet would have less problems or fewer problems. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be okay. interesting to, to see, but the, but they've also suggested that it might have something to do with people who could become pregnant. Mm. Uh, pregnancy creates hormonal changes that can make you more likely to have issues with dental decay and cavities and that kind of thing. So they've suggested that when communities settled down into little farming places and stayed in one place for a long time, we see that fertility increased. People had more babies mm -hmm. because they were staying in one place. And uh, these uh, people who became pregnant may have had more cavities because they were becoming pregnant more and more of these hormones. So is that why? Anyway, one way or another, about 10,000 years ago, our teeth got bad and they've been bad ever since. Sorry, teeth. <laughs> uh, for a lot of human history, we thought that worms were the reason. And they were. No. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This week on Salba. No, and I, I think it's funny because I was thinking like, oh, this will be a gross thing that everybody will freak out about. We used to think worms lived in our teeth. I've read there are actually, this is actually still a common question you see on like question and answer forums online. 
Just say Yahoo Answers, Sydney. It's okay. <laughs> How do I get rid of the worms in my teeth? Uh, tooth worms do not cause cavities, but w- we have thought that since ancient times. What did well? Well, what do tooth worms cause? There aren't tooth worms. Oh well, see, the, no. it was a very misleading Sorry. phrasing. <laughs> tooth worms are the, your friend. Uh, the, they repair cavities with their viscous mucus. <laughs> No, there are no tooth worms. It's it's weird though because you see this concept of tooth worms spanning different cultures. Like it has arisen spontaneously all over the globe throughout history and everybody has a different kind of idea of like exactly what the worm looks like or what it does, but the worm is pretty prevalent in our idea of why our teeth had holes, which I mean it sort of just makes sense like it's a little teeny hole. It looks like something burrowed it. Maybe a worm. Maybe it was a worm. Maybe it was a worm. Uh some of the oldest evidence of this comes from a Babylonian tablet, a uh, cuneiform tablet, which has what is called the legend of the worm on it. The legend of the worm, my favorite kid <laughs> rock album. Uh, and, and it basically there's this, the, the marsh created the worm and the worm went weeping and said, what am I going to eat? I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Uh, and he said, the worm said, lift me up and among the teeth and the gums cause me to dwell. The blood of the tooth I will suck and of the gum I will gnaw its roots. Ugh. The ancient legend of the worm. I don't know that I'm going to set that to music anytime yeah. soon. Uh, the The reason in part is the little hole. I think it looks sort of like a little wormhole. The other reason we Whoa, think. Oh, amazing. Interstellar travel is possible. In your mouth. In your mouth. That it's probably also because if you remove whole diseased parts of teeth, like big chunks of decay, it can kind of look like worms. Kind of look wormy. Mm-hmm. Squirmy, wormy. I don't like this. I've recently realized I don't like talking yeah. about this very much. I mean, it's unpleasant. One time I was eating a granola bar and a piece of my tooth broke off in it. And I was just like chewing on a piece of my tooth. And I still think about that a lot. I'm really sorry. Yeah, it was hard. It was on a plane, too, so I couldn't just, like, stand up and be like, I quit life. <laughs> Everyone, it's too hard. I've decided I've been through a lot of things, but this is too far. I cannot handle life. The last tooth that I lost, uh, I it came out when I was eating one of those Oreo cookie bars, you know, those cereal yeah, bar yeah. things. The last one I lost I, uh, in the bar. I, I have told Sydney this many times, but I live in legitimate dread of the day when our children start losing their teeth i that was the gnarliest process for me and i have like a lot of issues with it i cannot think about ah. it luckily it does not bother me so i will handle that that's good i will handle that part of of child are you gonna be can i ask you this are you gonna be like a yank it out of their head type are you gonna be like do the floss on the i'm wondering we have not dipped into this since like it's not been an issue for us as parents yet. I'm wondering if some of the gnarly stuff our parents were into is ne- is one of those things where you like look back on it now and and everybody's like, no, don't do this. Don't my, tie the floss to the tooth and then sh- slam the doorknob. And- my parents didn't do anything like that. They just said like, it'll come out when it comes out. Try not to swallow it. My parents would do it with a washcloth. I hate this. I okay. want to talk about anything not, else. Well, this I'm isn't the show. You are like you, me. This sorry. isn't the show. You took us in a different direction. I'm, I'm, I'm putting talking about back on the road. The tooth worm. The fictional tooth worm. <laughs> Yeah, why are you doing air quotes when you say fictional, Sydney? I don't understand. <laughs> you folks not, can't see I'm this. I'm not. But. I'm not. So this is like the penis so bone part, all over again. It was the part of it was the hole that it left, and then the other part is that maybe it kind of looked like 
worms. Maybe the part that was left behind after they would remove a tooth sort of looked like worms. One way or another, you people already said this, people and it was thought, the worst, and it killed me. And you're saying it again. People thought that there was a tooth worm. Uh, they thought that a toothache was when the worm wriggled around. <laughs> sure, that's not? what you were feeling. And and like I said, in different places, it looked different ways. In uh, British folklore, it looks like an eel. The Germans thought it was like a maggot and it was red, blue and gray. Either way, uh-huh. uh, we finally figured out in the 18th century, Pierre uh, Fauchard, who is known as the father of modern dentistry. I, I fought him hard for that, but congratulations, Pierre. He was the one who said, I think the decay of our teeth has something to do with sugar. And this idea was built upon until we we figured out that it has to do with bacteria in the mouth that live on sugar and that kind of thing that causes tooth decay. And it has nothing to do with a tooth worm. But it it really you will find this all the way up into the 20th century. People who are still arguing for the existence of a tooth worm. And today I think there is still people hear these whispers and think like, is this something I missed? Was I just never taught this? Um, but there are no toothworms. Do not worry. Right. There, there were these uh, electron fo- um, photograph, microscopic electron microscope pictures that they took of the tooth once um, within the last like decade or so where they looked at the tooth really closely and they saw these teeny little worm like structures in there and everybody freaked out and went, were we wrong? Was it really a worm? It was not, in fact, a worm. It's some sort of they're not sure, like some sort of. They're not yeast, sure, Sydney. maybe. It's, anyway, we're it's not, not a worm. Sure, the point is, science. it's not a worm. It's not worm. We a don't moment. know what it is. Hey, it's me, science. We don't know what it is, but it's probably not worms. No, but everybody joked about it because it was like, oh, we were wrong. There is a tooth worm. It's not. It's not a tooth worm. But you'll find this study. But, Scienti- so what is it? Scientists found it very funny. Mm-hmm. We're still not one hundred percent sure, uh-huh. but the scientists but it's thought not it was worms. very funny. Dentists got a big jo- got a big kick out of it. Uh, so as soon as we started getting cavities, we started trying to fix them. We have found evidence that we attempted to drill out or, well, initially not drill out, but scrape out, I should say, cavities uh, 14,000 years ago. We wow. found we found a skull with a decaying tooth and there was uh, some marks on it. There were some marks on the tooth, on the biting surface of the tooth that looked deliberate. They mm-hmm. looked like they had been kind of, you know, scraped away at. And it looks like something called a microlith, which was like a little flint blade that would have been used for different things that may have been used to make these marks on this teeth. I, I found a, a, as I was reading about this, I found this note that there was a research team at the university of Bologna who tried, they experimented with modern teeth and similar sorts of microliths to confirm that they could have made such marks, which I like the passive way that is worded. They yeah, right. experimented with modern teeth. Mm, wink. Mm. Probably in a skull, though. Right? I'm assuming. Yeah. I just like the idea that somebody volunteered. Yeah. yeah. You can it. scrape my teeth with that ancient microlith. With that old rock? Go for it. You know, you know what, I am though? nasty. You know what the sad thing is? That's the state of, of like, dental care in the United States. That's the state, not, not on the dentist, but on our insurance, on our crappy insurance system, where people don't have insurance. You know somebody would be like, I got a cavity, and I can't afford to go get it filled. Will you microlith my tooth? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they tried and they thought this is probably it. The dental drill is super old. Yeah, I was I was shocked when you mentioned this to me. Yes. You're researching. The dental drill is somewhere between 9,000 and 7,500 years old. It's wild. Can you believe that? It's older We've than been, pants. Yeah. Pants are 3,000 years old. I heard in every little thing. Three thousand. Well, there I'm you go. Joking. So older than pants, the dental drill. Older uh, than pants. 
Now, of course, the the drill that they would have used 9,000 years ago is not anything like the drill, I hope, that they, they used on me this week. I, I don't know. You look at their tools back there, and they still look pretty pretty haggard. They found in a Neolithic graveyard uh, in what is now Pakistan, they found all of these different skulls with these uh, molars that had very precise holes in them, and they looked like they had been drilled. They did not look like something that could have been scraped. It looked like something that would have been done with some sort of drilling tool. They think it was probably something called a bow drill. Mm-hmm. This is like some sticks and a sharp stone and a cord. And you think about it looking like a like an archer's bow, you know, and then you're going to wrap it around the stick and hold it perpendicular. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it'll twist in there and then it will provide sure. more, I guess, torque. like torque. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that and you would rotate that and that would. That would cause the drill to work. And then you've got the stone on the end of it, of the stick for the cutting part. Um, again, they tried this and they found that it did make holes that look like the holes in these teeth. So, wow. okay. so the dental drill may be like 9,000 years old. Uh, of course, people are still, we can't confirm that for sure. Some people are like, I don't know. This could have just been hammering, maybe like something pointed and a, and a hammer and just like kind of pound it in there. So after we get got these all drilled out, what did we what were we jamming in there? Well, I'm going to tell you that, Justin. But first, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? 
from 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 a, a box pre-prepared. All I got at two minutes. I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. All right. So, Justin, you want to know about fillings? Yeah. That's so me. As, uh, since we started making holes in teeth, we figured we should put something in there. That's, a, that's an old idea, too. Mm-hmm. So the made first... Made this hole. <laughs> we made this something. hole. What are we going to do now? That, the, I, I like to imagine we we figured out the hole part, and then we're like, oh, dunk, the hole. Crap. Okay, look around. There there was a... We found a human jaw that is 6,500 years old uh, in what is now Slovenia, and as they were doing... They were testing some new 3D imaging out on it. Mm-hmm. You can test... You test new imaging modalities out on these old skulls and bones and things. And uh, they were checking it out and they found that there was something stuffed in one of the teeth that was, was unusual. It was a map to Oak Island. <laughs> Tiny map. It was the Templars. It was the Templars along. hiding in there. No, it was it was a cap of beeswax. Hmm. And it looked like it had been put in a little hole to fill the hole. An impermanent but elegant solution to the problem. Well, it, it makes it's probably a good choice for the time. Sure. Yeah. Beeswax, it's pliable and soft. And if you get it warm, it, well, I mean, it's pliable and soft when you get it warm. But then once you put it in there at body temperature, it would actually harden. Hmm. So it'd be pretty. Now, I probably I mean, got to get it replaced frequently, I would guess. It, I mean, it's hung out in there for 6,500 years. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, now, granted, I don't think he was chewing much for the majority of that time. Yeah, right. Uh, it also may have been somewhat antibacterial, not that they necessarily would have known that, but still not a bad choice. So that's probably the oldest filling. I wanted to make a note. A lot of that information that I've just given you, I usually was don't made up. No, I found this great BBC article by Colin Barris and I just wanted to make a note a lot. He, man, it was a great article. It's so rare that when I'm doing an episode of Sawbones, I find one article that like really hits a lot of major points. So I wanted to mention it. Um, the ancient Egyptians tried filling teeth, too. Uh, the Edwin Smith papyrus uh, mentions all kinds of treatments for dental problems, as does the Ebers papyrus. Uh, for- Was there an ancient Egyptian dude called Edwin Smith? No, that's who found it. Oh, We've darn. talked about this. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, some, of the, some of them are remedies uh, for loose teeth. Some of them are how to either fill the tooth or to, like, hold it in place. So that you could use like a tooth filling for a hole would have also doubled as something if like a tooth is loose, you would just kind of pack this in there and mm. <laughs> try to keep it. Right. Um, because it was, you didn't, you tried not to have your teeth pulled or tried not to lose your teeth. Sure. That would be a death sentence. <laughs> not quite, but couldn't be. So they talk about things like a filling agent, like ground barley, and you could mix it with some honey and some yellow ochre and you could either splint the tooth to keep it there or, or just stick that in a hole that may be in your tooth. Um, they found that there have been, ca- there were some cavities that were filled with linen mm. and you might've dipped them first in something like cedar oil or fig juice, something like that. And then just stuff it in the 
stuff it in the hole there. Uh, we have found uh, evidence. Uh, Razi's a Persian physician that would have been alive in the uh, late 800s had uh, had also been drilling and filling teeth. He used alum and mastic, which is like a gum resin. It's like mm-hmm. a resin filling. That's what I have. Oh yeah, not that, not not, no, not that, that kind of one. resin, but a different composite resin, which we'll get into. Uh, we also started using by the Middle Ages. We were adding things like ground sheep bone, mm, something something to add in there. Which I mean, isn't again, this isn't a wild idea considering that like the resins now might have little glass. We were good. This almost seems like there. border more on engineering, which I think mm-hmm. we got good at a lot earlier than we got good at medicine. Uh, well, that's very true because you didn't. We're trying to fill a hole, right? We can do that. We can. <laughs> we figured that out. We figured out how to make a hole. Yeah. And then a few hundred years later, we figured out how to fill a hole. Yes, that's huge. And and really, in the mark of human medical history, and like that, that is that's incredible. That's lightning speed progress. Sure, right. Uh, so they also found that uh, gold leaf made a good filling a long time ago, and that, as you may know, gold has been used to fill teeth. I mean, up to this day, you can get gold fillings. Sure. So that's not, we, we figured that out a long time ago. Um, a lot of the other treatments, in addition to filling a tooth throughout the medieval period, uh, would have been based on the idea that there were toothworms. We still believed in toothworms. So a lot of the other treatments would have been aimed at trying to get rid of the toothworm. Uh, they didn't like to do a lot of invasive stuff in this period in history. You wouldn't mm. want somebody digging around in your mouth, drilling holes and filling cavities. And you tried really hard not to get them pulled. It was the nastiest period in medical history. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it was the the worst, uh, uh, confluence of understanding and stupidity. I think where it's just like people, I just wouldn't want to be sick in the, in the middle ages. It's rough. No, then. I wouldn't want to be sick at any point in human history, but definitely like the closer to now is better. Well, sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, so they would do things like not, I would say non-invasive procedures like a charm or, ah, yes, you know, a spell or a prayer or something like that. Uh, sometimes just bloodletting. Uh, you could, uh, Classic. pray to St. Apollonia on her feast day and that will cure your toothache. When's that? February 9th. So you got to wait till February 9th. Uh, what if you got one on February 10th? Ugh, the worst. got to wait a whole year. Uh, there was a charm that involved drawing vertical lines on parchment while touching the painful tooth with one's finger. Mm. Um, you could try the beak of a magpie hung from your neck. Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, you should prick a many-footed worm which rolls up in a ball when you touch it with a needle. So a roly-poly bug, I'm assuming. I'm assuming in the technical zoological <laughs> the, the roly poly the bug. Roly bug or potato bug sure. that one? pill potato bug pill, pill bug, bug is what i always called them I called them roly poly bugs all right that's why i'm again a, i just take vet, care folks. of humans just take care of humans uh and then actually you would touch the so after you touch the worm the roly poly bug you would touch your tooth with that same needle mm-hmm. and it, that was in that transference remember we talked about that idea that you could it was the same idea as why you would strap a chicken to your plague bubo. Sure. To your big infected plague it. lymph node. The chicken would get the illness. the illness. So if you touch the, what you were trying to do was kill the tooth worm. Mm. You were transferring the pain from the tooth worm to the other worm. Nice. Smart. And then the tooth worm would be still. Smart. And stop hurting you. There was no tooth worm. Again, I'm going to keep saying that. There is no tooth worm. Uh, the treatment of the toothworm would vary. Sometimes you would try to smoke the worm out. Nice. By- hey, worm. What's up, worm? We're going to smoke you out. 
You would heat some beeswax and henbane on a piece of iron and then just try to direct that to the cavity. That'd be hard to do. Uh, and then you could fill the the hole with um, hen, henbane actually is a mild narcotic. So oh, well, this perfect. probably did help somewhat with the pain. Um, there were other things you could take. Uh, there was a, a candle of sheep suet was a, a popular treatment and you would try to burn it near the tooth. And then the thought was that and then hold some water under it and you'll watch the worm drop out Ugh. into the water. I can't I, you would think the first time that didn't work. That would be the end. Well, you would think that about ear candling too. Yet here we are. It never is. Um, and then if uh, everything else failed, we've taught we did a whole show on tooth extraction, so yeah. I didn't want to belabor that too much. There's a if you haven't listened to it, I would recommend. It's a wild history of mm-hmm. our. Uh, we would not just take teeth out. If you haven't listened to it, let me mention you would go to someone and they probably had no sort of credentialing. I mean, there were dentists and things who would who knew how to take care of teeth, but a lot of the people who'd extract teeth were just like folks. Yeah. Just folks like you and me. Just people. And they would do it a lot of times in public and you would pay to come watch. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah someone extract teeth and they would do it to like carnival music and they would it would be quite showy and they would rip your teeth out and they often would do a lot of damage because they didn't know how to do it and they were doing it for show. Sure. Um, I always th- I do think it's an interesting point. After they pull your teeth out, you would have to buy them back if you wanted to keep them. Oh, fun. Yeah, they would keep your teeth unless you bought them. And the reason you might, because you're thinking like, why would I buy my tooth back? Well, one, you might want to try to hold it in place. They would do like a makeshift bridge at the time. So some mm-hmm. some doctors and dentists would to try to like keep the tooth in place. The other thing is there was a belief that if you died without all your teeth, that you would have to spend resurrection day gathering them back up. And that's a hassle. So you wanted to keep, you wanted to die with all your teeth at your side, at least if they weren't in your mouth. Uh the the big breakthrough in filling teeth was dental amalgam, um, because for a long time we were using gold, and that's kind of pricey, right? Yeah. Uh, so dental amalgam was first used probably as far back as like 700 CE. Wow. It's a long time ago uh, by by Chinese doctors who first mentioned using some sort of an amalgam is a mercury mixed with a metal alloy. Mm. That's that's basically what it is. Uh, so anything like that. And there, there's mention of the use of some sort of silver mercury amalgam a very long time ago. Um, the modern use probably started in France. And there was, a, again, it was a silver paste sort of material that was being used. Some sort of, again, amalgam. And this was brought over to the United States by the Crockhors brothers in 1833. Mm-hmm. Uh when they first started doing this, they were actually making it by mixing uh, like shaved French silver coins mm. um, with mercury to make the amalgam. The problem is the Crockers brothers brought this to American dentistry. Uh, they called it the Royal Mineral Succadanium. Succadanium. Anyway, it was the introduction of of amalgam to the United States, and a lot of dentists thought this seemed like a good idea because you could put this in there. It would harden. It was very durable. It lasted, I mean, a very long time. Mm -hmm. And it was easier to work with and easier to find than gold. So this seemed to make a lot of sense to people, this use of amalgam. The problem is the Crockhorse brothers were not dentists. They had no idea how to fix teeth. 
They mm. got this idea from France. They brought it to the U.S. They were good at marketing it, good at selling it, but they weren't actually good at doing the dental procedure. Excellent. So because they weren't properly preparing the tooth by removing all the decayed material and they weren't putting it in the right way, they were causing people a lot of problems. It led to a lot of um pain, a lot of gum disease, all these issues from it, it actually gave amalgam a really bad name. Oh, right. Even though it was probably, they actually also weren't brothers. They're always called brothers. Mm -hmm. It was like a a nephew. It was like a guy and his nephew, an uncle and nephew. I I don't know. They're always called brothers. Um, Anyway, so because of them, amalgam got this really bad name and it led to what was known as the amalgam wars. Wow. There were like a faction of dentists who were using this amalgam and saying, look, if you use it properly, it actually works really well. But then there was the overwhelming majority of like the dental society who said, no, 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 this is malpractice. You can't use amalgam. It's bad. Um, And it took a long time to overcome the bad reputation of of these two guys who brought it to the U.S. to see that, no, 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 it's not the amalgam's fault. It was being used improperly. The amalgam is actually a good idea. So... In 1877, there was a big organized movement where dentists were coming forward and saying, no, this is actually a good idea. I'm I'm doing all these tests. I'm studying it. I'm showing ways to make it that are easier and better and all this kind of stuff. And it it eventually was in the later half of the 1800s into the early 1900s that a lot of the other dentists started getting on board. And this would actually lead to the formation of the American Dental Association. Oh, wow. All the dentists who came together and said, this is a good thing. We just have to use it appropriately. Um, if you're curious to make a dental um, like amalgam in the office, there's actually like there's a powder that contains the silver tin and the other metals. And there's some liquid mercury and they buy these capsules. Oh, wow. The dentists do. And they contain the powder and the liquid, but they're separated. Mm. So in the office, they have to like puncture the cap. They have to puncture the membrane and like. Mix them all. Mix them. Wow, that's cool. Which is kind of cool. Um, which means that for dentists, they have to be really careful how to handle these because they have mercury in them. Sure, yeah. Now, once the mercury gets mixed and and you get, it becomes the amalgam, it's no longer toxic. Oh, uh, okay. So once it's mixed together, it's okay. But since they are handling the- The, the raw the raw Yeah, stuff. the liquid mercury, they have to be careful. Um, I bring all this up because- There is a modern concern now about dental amalgams because, as I just told you, they include mercury. And as you know, ingesting a large amount of mercury can be poisonous. Now, we are all exposed to mercury in our food and water on a regular basis, Um, actually more so than you would be from a dental filling. But because of this, and I think also because of this kind of leftover concern about amalgams from their early introduction there was a lot of skepticism and concern about like uh, now this is mercury and metal should you really be putting this in your mouth so in 2009 the fda did a huge review of mercury of amalgam fillings mercury fillings and looked over all the evidence and all the cases and all the studies and everything that showed is there you know is there any danger from these fillings or not and in 2009 the fda issued a white paper and said no we have no evidence that this is dangerous we have no evidence that you should be avoiding these um they appear to be perfectly safe safe the amount of mercury vapor because that's what you're concerned about is that over time these fillings would release mercury vapor and enough to become toxic what they found is that they release so little 
it's not enough to actually do anything to you. And again, you're actually getting more from food and water sources and other things, other things out in the environment. You're getting more mercury exposure than you're ever going to get from your mercury fillings. So they've said that they're safe for everybody over the age six can get an amalgam filling, um, even uh, pregnant people. Because that was a big concern. Mercury in pregnancy is always a big concern. They they said generally we recommend that unless you really have to get some dental work done, you just wait until after the pregnancy is over. Sure, that's right. generally recommended. But if you got to get one, it's still probably fine. Probably fine. Or it's still fine, fine. I should say it's still fine. Uh, we we have no evidence that these fillings are dangerous to you. There have been about a hundred reported cases total. Of, of allergies to mercury, of people who've gotten fillings and had allergic reactions. So if you have a known allergy to this, you probably shouldn't get it. Um, but other than that, there's really no reason why you, you shouldn't get an amalgam filling. You'll find a lot of questionable medical sources on the Internet mm-hmm. and dental sources that will tell you that your fillings, if you have them, are the source of every medical problem you have. Of course. That all your aches and pains and your uh, if you have mental illness or if you have any sort of inflammatory autoimmune, anything like that, they will tell you it is because of the secret mercury poisoning from your fillings and you should go have them removed. There is no evidence to back that claim. And the and dentists would tell you there is no reason to have your fillings removed unless like they're broken or they need replaced. And the dentist has told you they need replaced. Uh, There's no reason to go get your silver fillings out and put in the newer ones, which uh, there is that option now. They have the composite resin fillings, which is like I alluded to. That is what I got. I didn't ask for that. They just did it. Did them. They just put them in there. They thought they said they thought I'd want a better cosmetic <laughs> result. I I'm really fine. I don't their teeth. It's fine. It's like okay. they, as long as I'm healthy, I don't care. But uh, they do look the the newer composite resins do look like teeth. Like they're mm-hmm. white. Um, so some people prefer them for that reason. There's been some question if they're quite as durable as the amalgam fillings. The amalgam mm. fillings may last a little longer. The composite fillings can still do well, but it may be that if you want something that will last as long as possible, you'd want to go with the amalgam filling. It is silver. Yeah. If that bothers you, I don't know. I think it looks cool. I got a mouthful of it, baby. Um, you can still get gold if you want those. Heck yeah. I, I do think it's cool. Do you know, so when they were putting in my fillings, they shine that blue light in my mouth do you remember yeah, she that said it was light cured it's how they set the resin is with a, a certain wavelength of blue light sets the resin it was wild of the, it was just like look it looked like a blue like they were just shining a blue flashlight in your mouth mm-hmm. it's not they they used uv light of it uh, initially now they don't use uv it's just a certain wavelength of blue light wild. and it and it interacts with the there are these glass ions and anyway it interacts with the composite resin filling to set it that's cool um yeah it's really cool the way they do it uh but you can get those but but the point is there is no reason to fear amalgam it works fine it unless you have a known allergy uh it's cheaper and maybe more durable Mm -hmm. um i can imagine if it was right on like the front of my tooth or something i might want it to be the composite resin but, but if you hear people on the internet telling you to go get your fillings removed it's a lie don't don't listen to don't them, listen please. to them. There, the, that is not the problem. If you are having medical issues, go see a doctor and get evaluated. See a doctor and get rid of it. It is not your feelings. It is not your feelings. Uh, folks, that is going to do it for us uh, this week. Thank you so much for listening to our program. We hope you have enjoyed yourselves. I want to thank the taxpayers for the use of our song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. 
Thanks to Max Fun Network for having us as a part of their extended podcasting family. And thanks to you for listening to our show. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. If you and could take a moment to subscribe to the show and uh, rate it on iTunes, uh, that would really uh, be helpful for us. And thank you for encouraging me to go to the dentist. Yes. Thank you, everybody who emailed me and tweeted at me and Facebook messaged me. And Justin, thank you. I'm glad I went. Everyone should go. Go for your regular dental checkups. Your oral health is just as important as the rest of your health. All of your health. All of your health. So take care of your teeth. Go see your dentist. And uh, come see us next week as we record another episode of Sawbones. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.